This is part two of a conversation with Richard Ivan Jobes for Childhood History and Critique, recorded July 2016. David Pomfret was the keynote speaker at the uh, conference that I was just at in London that launched the Children's uh, History Society. Um, this is just a fragment quote from his uh, talk, which I think is well represented in the collection that you edited. In terms mm-hmm. of, I think it runs. It's a theme that runs through a lot of the, a lot of the chapters and in your introductory uh, uh, chapter, and that is um, this claim: childhood functions as a space where empires can be collapsed. And I thought about that, and that's very hopeful and progressive, and there's a, a sense of, uh, of open-endedness then in terms of childhood, in terms of the, the transitions of childhood, transnationalism of childhood and the circulations that are possible. But I also thought of the other side of that, which is that childhood also can be a the space where people imagined imagined that they're able to construct empires. So it's all of the residential school projects. It's school oh, yeah. in general. So there's oh. obviously a, a, a tension between uh, between those two kinds of claims or outlooks. I just want you to speak to that in terms of transnational youth, in terms of liberty and freedom, and youth also as a power structure, right? Um, yeah. Well... You know, we all know that these age categories are riddled with paradox, of course, right? Uh, you know, youth as the messianic future and, and, and youth as, you know, the demonic, you know, uh, destroyers of civilization, you know, yeah. all hell is breaking loose with young people today sort of thing, right? So, so I think the answer is, you know, they're of course, they're of course both right, right? But, but there's a way in which sometimes, um, the power of the transnationality of youth sometimes isn't even it has to be recognized. So so in, in our collection, one of the last essays by Fabio Lanza, which is about nineteen eighty nine at Tiananmen Square, mm-hmm. and and he talks about this that, that the protesters there, the young they were young, but they were not they were not initially in any way sort of thinking of themselves as youth, right? They adopted that in the process of the ongoing process, protest, and he argues rather persuasively, I think, they adopted it as a strategic tactic, particularly to aspire to the global media, which wanted to frame it, you know, in that sort of 1968 sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, and so, and, and so, in his essay, which that there's this very smart turn where he starts talking about the ways in which they recognized the protesters at Tiananmen recognized the power that that discourse would give them on a global stage. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily within China, but that, but there was like this aha moment, you know, yeah. that, that, that the malleableness and the effectiveness yet powerful, uh, way in which youth can be embraced and votes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So as far as, so, so what I would say back to David, if, if he were joining us <laughs> and maybe next time I see him, I'll mention this. You know, I think the where empires can be collapsed, I, I think maybe we need to think about collapsed in another way as well, right? That is that the the totality of imperialism itself can be enfolded within, collapsed within, right? Embodied by childhood. Right. 
right? Yeah. Simply that empires fall apart, as a, the the collapsibility of them falling apart, but rather they can be consumed by within, and 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 childhood itself, children and youth can themselves be, you know, the 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 fruition. I don't the uh, I'm not coming up with the good words here. But, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, well, or another way to say it is that um, there's a whole world of analysis uh, that can be done around childhood and youth when it be, when it comes to political questions. Yeah, yeah but not only political questions, but yes. And and, and it, no matter how big the structures are, or how small they are. Yeah. That that. That youth and ch- children aren't just in the familiar places, and and particularly the idea of childhood and youth, right, aren't only in the familiar places that it's not bottled, yeah. right? Yeah, not at all. But this is so. To go back to the collection again, I, I, this is something that I think is also great: is that the the essays, while they're certainly not globally comprehensive, but you know we have scholars from I think eight countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, North America, South America, Asia, Africa, Europe, you know, the the content of the study. And a lot of it is about this, this interaction between different localized regions uh, around the world with ideas of youth and young people, which are coming from some other localized region around the world, right? Um and so, and so, there's this this way in which, you know, the the it's not it, it, yeah interaction. I think is a better word than you know. It's not a conflict necessarily. Not coming into conflict with each other, but particularly you know the Western hegemonic notion of youth interacting with you know other groups. So you have African Americans interacting with Africans in Andrew Vasquez's you know chapter in Dar es Salaam. Mm-hmm. All political activists, it's all very political, but in this social dynamic, um, in, in DAR. Um, so there's just a lot of interesting dimensions, I think, still yet to be explored even. Before we go, I want you to talk, talk a little bit about Backpack Ambassadors, about the forthcoming book, about what you, you know, what your co- contribution is, maybe just describe the book a little bit, and then some of your main ideas or main arguments, and, and uh, what what we can expect from it. It's not out yet. It comes out, if I'm right, next year. But uh, yeah. let's talk about that. So it's called Backpack Ambassadors, How Youth Travel Integrated Europe. And it comes out with Chicago in the spring. We'll see. They're saying April. Okay. Um, and um, it's about, you know, backpacking, railing, interrailing is a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we joked in graduate school and, you know, that we were all researching our own biographies, but, you know, sort of in a displaced fashion. And so I was, a, I, I decided to get my PhD, in fact, uh, to go to graduate school the summer I was uh, 1990 backpacking around Europe. I was like, man, I love this. This is great. I was already a history major. My parents wanted me to go to law school and I was like, I, you know, I wasn't keen on law school. Um, and so I thought this, this is it, you know, I'll, I'll just get my PhD and it'll enable me to come back here to work. And that's in fact what, what has happened. So, um, what I wanted to look at is how the transnational mobility of young people 
particularly in Western Europe, after the war, the books roughly 
and expands into the Eastern Bloc and into North Africa. And so as they're where they're going and the density of their travels expand, sort of that circularity keeps growing sort of the process of integration. And so it's really that's what it's about. Uh, it's about all that and gender and immigration, too. Right. So the young backpacker is often conceptualized uh, positively in a contrast to the immigrant. Yeah. And so you see that uh, that tension uh, exists throughout as well. Um, racial. And it, that's, of course, bound up with with racial issues and that sort of stuff, too. So. Um, and a class I'm issue. About it. I'm very excited about it. It's fun, I think. Um, they, Chicago really thinks uh, that it could be used in the classroom. It was tried to write it so that undergraduates could maybe read this and at once learn the history. So they learn the history of Europe, hopefully in a survey quality from 45 to 92, the Cold War, Reconstruction, 68, um, European integration. So all those things are built in there. Uh, and the ways in which youth mobility is, you know, enabling those or or causing problems or. Uh... There are so many courses on childhood and youth now being offered to undergraduates around the world. Uh, yeah. So you, this is something also that uh, you've right. you've written it so that it can interact with that audience and not not yeah. just I scholarly so. monitor. I hope so. I mean, it is. It's always, it, that's it's, a tough it's audience, a but it's also it, it's and um, you know the. The, the readers that, that, that the press has sent it to thought so. Um, so we'll see. I hope so, yeah. You know, we, I, it can be, as you know, right, you, you, the amount of, I mean, it's terrifying and chilling to think about the number of hours we put into, you know, uh, these, these things, articles and books. And, and, and then when you really think about how large your audience is, you know, like, you almost have to detach yourself from that. Well, you have to, because you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, wait a minute. Did I just, did I, did I do these years of work so that, you know, a couple hundred people in the world, um, uh, will, will, will use it, will read it? Um, but you know, so, you know, part of it's my own sort of need to try to reach, reach more people a little bit. Okay. Basically. Well, congratulations, Rick. That's exciting. Look forward it to it. It is. I'm excited about it. I'm, 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 you know, you, when I finished my, my first book, which had been my dissertation, you know, I was done. I was like, okay. <sighs> but this one, I'm still, you know, I'm still keen. And I have to actually, I have to rewrite the conclusion now after Brexit. So I've, yeah. I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky because I get the copy edit at the end of this month. So I'll have an opportunity. I gotta, I've got to now revise the conclusion after the Brexit vote. Um, which is quite interesting, again, because if you if you read a lot about it, well, the the young people voted overwhelmingly to stay. Right, exactly, and that's been true. It's interesting that 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 the the attitude of the young towards integration has consistently, for decades, always been higher than older people. So what, what's interesting there, of course, is that well, the people who were young in the '60s are, are old now. So, so it's interesting the way that positive attitude towards a, a general Europeanism has stuck with the age, the social body, yeah, but not necessarily the individuals. You know. So, hey, Rick, I really appreciate uh, this conversation, your time today. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, you know engaging me. Oh, it's been a lot of fun for me.
You've been listening to a conversation with Richard Ivan Jobes on childhood history and critique recorded for the Society for the History of Children and Youth in July 2016.